Hi, and welcome to the Markeisha Hall podcast. I'm your host, Markeisha Hall, IEP coach, parent empowerment partner, and certified autism travel professional. Today, we get to talk to a former co-worker of mine. Let's get into it. Lorenzo! Ah. <laughs> I'm going to let him introduce yeah. himself. <laughs> yeah! Yeah, he made it! Wow! <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Lorenzo Lasson. I'm a school psychologist for the Capistrano Unified School District. And Marquisha and I go way back. We worked together. She uh, she held me under her wings and introduced <laughs> me into the world of special education when I was her instructional aide in her moderate, was it moderate, severe, moderate, severe, right? Cool class. Good times too. We had a lot. And he also loves glitter. He loved being on the glitter project. I love glitter and I was the best at snack time with the kids. (laughs) I really enjoyed that. Really? I I came across a picture of snack time actually. Oh man. That is ABC mouse with those kiddos. (laughs) I would, I loved it. I still use that. Good. I still use that. Absolutely. I think you changed, maybe change your first, uh, I think we taught you how to change a diaper there too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I became the official diaper changer of the classroom as well. <laughs> uh, that was a role that I grew to love. I, I grew to love that role. Well, I am so glad that you um, came on and to see you and well, we see each other on social media all the time, but I have five children. Um, so my time is, my time is not my own, but I'm thank God for social media, get to see, get to see what all the peeps are doing. Um, you had a very awesome connection with the kids. Also, all the kids loved you, even all the kids in the other classrooms loved you. My personal kids loved you. Hey, I um, love them. Now so, they're, we were, they're grownups now. Like they're, they're taller than me. They're good. They're going to be they're going to help me out when I retire, when I'm in my old age, they're going to get, they're going to give it back to me. And I appreciate that. I already look forward to that help that I'll get. They always talk about what, I wonder what happened to Lorenzo. Like, where did he go? Well, he worked. <laughs> he's, he's working. An adult. He works. An adult. Yeah. He, I wonder where, soon. He, he saw you as friends. So they, they were wondering what, what yeah. happened to him. They're so sweet. <laughs> so I always appreciate it. I learned a lot, a lot from you. Um, also, because you did always have such an awesome relationship with the kids and with the parents. And I'm so happy to see that you actually, while we were in class together, you were working on what you're doing now. Right. Yeah. While I was uh, in the classroom, I was working on my master's in school psychology and it paid off. Yeah. It worked out. And here I am now. There you are now. So a lot of our um, listeners are new to the IEP process, and we were just could have had a whole podcast because we were just yep. chatting. We always did have good conversations about yes. um, they're just getting into this uh, special education process. And what I want to do is demystify some of the, you know, some of the roles. So I'm trying to bring a role, everyone that's um, in the different roles of the IEP team so they can see that there's people behind those roles and uh, explain like what kind of your role would be at the IEP process. And then we'll talk about how to build relationships more. So we don't have to have this um, that so the focus can be on the kids and we know that we're all working together for them, for the kids. So what is your role? in IEP? My role, my role as a school psychologist 
is I'm pretty much, I'm considered the expert mm-hmm. in the area of the different eligibilities that a student can meet to mm-hmm. receive special education services. Now, it can be one, it can be two, mm-hmm. multiple, it doesn't matter. As long as in some way, not only do they meet the eligibility, and I think this is one of the biggest this might be one of the biggest points to make, especially for the new parents. Because mm-hmm. your child has, let's say they have a medical diagnosis of something, that does not automatically mean they're going to meet eligibility for any kind of special education services. Right. In my world, when people see that the word psychologist in my title, I know it can be intimidating and I know it like freaks people out. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm not the kind of psychologist where I have a doctorate. I can prescribe medication. Mm-hmm. I can do all. No, 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 no. That's a different kind. I'm school-based. So my job is, do you meet eligibilities? One. And two, is there an academic impact on your performance in the classroom? So mm-hmm. you have a simple one. You have ADHD. And it's gotten to the point that the ADHD is so bad, it's really hard for your student to pay attention. Whether they're on medication or not, that attention deficit is affecting them academically. Mm-hmm. Where they would meet that eligibility under what's called other health impairment. Okay. Diagnosis and then that academic impact. But I've had plenty of students that have medical diagnoses of either autism ADHD, something with attention, but they don't meet it because there's not that academic impact that's happening. Right. Mean that it can't happen in the future, especially with our younger kiddos, just because one eligibility, that doesn't mean that we're not going to look at it again in the future if it comes up again as a concern for a parent. So my job is to look at any and all suspected disabilities where we feel like there's something going on that's affecting the student academically. My job is to look into that and try to get through those weeds and find out what's there, what's not there, and most importantly, how can we help this student? Right. Now, that is super important that you said that because a lot of people get confused or upset even, really, because Mm -hmm. if they have a medical diagnosis, then that automatically qualifies them for uh, special education, and and it doesn't. So there is there is that um, that difference because it has to affect them um, edu- educationally. Right. So that's a big, that's a big myth that's out there that you yeah. just. <laughs> I'm trying to be a myth buster. <laughs> so what, um, another thing I feel um, that we were kind of discussing before is that you're a psychologist. So that's can be intimidating mm-hmm. to you're reading, you're reading the, their mind. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm, all, I'm constantly assessing people. Yes. I'm not. I'm not. So, um, we we were talking about how everyone kind of have t- has titles around the table and how that can be intimidating. How you might want be reading on the report and it might say something. I'll go with something like Joe says auditory processing, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know what that means, but I don't want this team of professionals to know that I don't know what it means. So I'm just shaking my head and saying, mm. right. And we don't don't do want, that. Yeah, we don't want to do you that. Don't. You do not do that. Ask. Do not be afraid to ask because it's something you and I were talking about off air. You know, we tell our kids there's no such thing as it's a dumb question, a stupid yeah. question. That's the same for 
anybody with any question that they had, especially if it's your first time coming into the IEP world, mm -hmm. initial and it's your first time that you're having your student assess because you think that there's something going on, you need to be asking these questions. Right. Don't bite your head off. No one's going to react negatively. We're there because we want to make sure we're explaining the information and that you're understanding what it is that we looked into with your student. Right. For me, if as a school psychologist, if I'm not having parents, especially at an initial, because once you start getting into the three-year reviews, you know, mm -hmm. and around the block, so to speak, so you kind right. of like, okay, nothing's really changed. Like, it's all the same. You've heard the same things, multiple meetings, so you right. know how it works. But if it's your first time at a meeting, mm -hmm. all going through our reports, and you're not really asking any questions, me, myself, personally, I'm worried. As a school right. psychologist, I'm worried because I think, that it's either I answered your question, but you're not getting it. Mm -hmm. You're not getting it. And that's why you're not asking questions right. or you're afraid to ask questions. Do not be afraid to ask questions because if you don't, then later on it can get into the whole like, well, you know, you didn't explain that until like, right. remember, that's why I said, you know, mm -hmm. I don't have any questions. And the other thing to keep in mind is that, you know, we take notes on all the meetings that we have and we right. always, read back the notes of everything that was said, you know, the cliff notes, we're not going to sit there and read word for right. word, but summarize yeah. everything that was talked about to make sure that we captured everything, both comments, questions, concerns, results, we captured everything in that meeting. And mm -hmm. So if not asking those questions, then, you know, we can look back and say, well, we addressed it, but you didn't ask, or you said that yeah. you didn't have any questions. So we want to make sure we're all on the same page at the end of the day. We want to be on the same page because we're all a team that's trying mm -hmm. to make this student successful. Right. And so when we're thinking about team, um, I think there's a reason why it's that is just <laughs> in football. So I'll use a football analogy. Everyone has their, you know, their um, position to play. And if you're not, you know, in, in the huddle, and you're not yeah. saying, you know, understand the play, they, they throw you the ball, then and you don't get the touchdown. You have no idea what's going like, You might know. run the wrong way. Right. You You're going to run the wrong way. way. It's like, no, no, no. Um, so we don't, we don't want that. We want it to be, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of stuff about IEPs and special education out there. And mm -hmm. um, I think we lived in our little bubble in our, <laughs> in our classroom because it was not um, typical, but I would say that just be, came from, relationships. And that's why I'm hoping that with these podcasts, I think we're like, oh, Lorenzo, he's a psychologist. He was a person behind there. He wasn't just the papers. And maybe my um, child psychologist would also be willing to, you know, ex to answer the questions outside of, um, to answer my questions. Like Absolutely. just a person behind the, the title, I right. think it's super important. Um, yeah. And so that's what I'm that's what I'm glad that you were able to come on and talk about all those scary tests. Cause really the psych, those tests are really scary. I have oh, yeah. as a parent, I'm going, oh, yeah. going to flip between sides. I was on the professional side. I get that. But I'm going to tell you that I know what those tests were. I was set in tons of meetings, but receiving that as um, mm -hmm. a mom on the other side, I literally have talked about this before, had to step away. I got really emotional about it, you know, because I was like, they don't know what my baby can do. They don't know right. what he can do. And I understand professionally that, you know, right. we have to know. It's not that um, it, it, 
it seems deficit driven, but we have to know where the starting point is exactly. in order to be like, where can we help them? We can't just be like, everything's flowers and roses, you know, right. with right. that professionally. But I'm telling you as a mom to hear, like, we couldn't even score this one because he, he wasn't able to, we weren't able to score it because that's how yeah. low it was. <laughs> it's hard. It's yeah. Hard. It's not, it's not easy. And trust me, like, me as a school psychologist being in that situation too, you know, I, I do feel for the student because it most of the time it's the first time that they're meeting me and then I'm telling them, Hey, we're going to be doing testing, right? Yeah. Like everyone gets nervous with that word. Everyone, when they hear they're going to be tested, doesn't even matter if you studied for it, you're still going to get nervous. You're still going to freak out a little bit. Yeah. And so there's absolutely nothing wrong with, you know, having those emotions involved because I don't blame you. I really don't blame you. One thing that I would want your listeners to understand as well, and you made a really good point how it sounds like it's deficit driven. Right. It's really not, right? Because like you said, we're trying to just come up with a baseline. We're trying to weed out. We're trying to separate the strengths from the weaknesses. Okay. That's really what my testing is going to show. Because my testing, all the tests that I use, if there is a learning disability, if there is a difficulty in one of the seven different areas of learning, mm -hmm. the tests that I use are designed to find it. Okay. Meaning that if it's really there, the student will have a hard time with it. Okay. I mean, they're going to try their best, but it's just, it's going to be hard for them. And it's not like there's just one test that I can give because what I like to do as a school psychologist is if I'm not just looking at the test result, I'm also looking at that testing behavior that I have with the students. So if I'm kind of seeing the students maybe a little distracted, the students nervous, the students not taking it that serious, mm -hmm. I call in the student again on a different day now that we have that relationship built up and I, I will do a different test to measure that same area that I wasn't comfortable with the first score because I'm not sure that they were giving me 110% like I would want them to. Right. And so it really is just that collaborative team effort where even the student, even the student, whether they realize it or not, they're part of the team and they're putting in just as much as the rest of us are to see right. okay, where do we need to help you? if we need to help you at all. Right. I don't need to help you. It's like, you know, sorry, we did a lot of testing, but hey, like you don't need it. So that's great. Right. You have to figure out, okay, so why is the student, you know, still yeah. doing well in certain areas? Why do we still have these concerns? But for the most part, we want it to work out. We just want to make sure that we target all the areas we need to target. But yeah, you made a really good point because it, it is emotional. It really is, especially for the first time. It does feel like you're telling me everything that my student can't do right i'm letting you know what your student can do but i've also found areas that we know are going to be difficult for your student right where we can give that support to help them be more successful i like the way that you explained that i'm going to definitely be pulling that out and sure. putting it on a quote somewhere absolutely it was a good it was a good analogy i mean i you know i fluctuate between the both so but that makes it seems like everyone would be able to understand that because it is uh, in, in the, in the circles, in the parent circles, that is just deficit, mm -hmm. you know, based. And I like right. the way they explain it. Like we have to know um, we have, you have to know where they are, even right. though it feels and it sounds terrible. And we, these are the areas that they, in the classroom setting that they will be struggling with. So we need to identify those so that we can say, 
okay, maybe they need this, 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 and that. It doesn't exactly. feel that way, though. And, and no, 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 I definitely, and I think it, it depends on the person, right? It depends on each school psychologist and what their presentation style is. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you have to be, you have to be sensitive to it too, because it, it is sensitive information. And some people are just like, oh yeah, you know, I see that. And other people, it's like, you know, their heart just sunk because they had no idea that right. you know, so many different things going on. So it doesn't matter what the eligibility is. You have to be sensitive to it. And you just have to understand that at the end of the day, you know, we're all in it for the same reason. We're all people. We're all, we all have emotions. We all have feelings. We have to be sensitive to that as well. And I think that's the other side of the communication yes. bubble or that key to communicating with your team is being sensitive right. to everyone's differences yes. and what everyone brings to the table. Yeah. And I think being able to, like you said, communicate be the, mm-hmm. the number one word is that if you were feeling um, like that as a parent, to be able to say this, this is a team that I need a minute to step back. Or could you right. explain that to me more? I feel like there's not enough questions at, at the IEP, even when I used to run them um, initially. But then I taught my parents to ask, ask questions. Um, well that it should be questions because then not only are you learning more as the parent, like I said, using my own example as the auditory visual processing, I had no clue. Um, then I start to, a, you feel, I think parents feel guilty too, because you're like, why didn't I pick this up? Like, mm-hmm. well, because you're not a psychologist. And I'm saying that to myself, not to anybody right. else. But I was like, I'm in special education. When that test came back, I literally was really floored. You know, I was yeah. like, hey, what does it mean? Audio, he can't see this whole time. I really, you know, was having some mom some mom guilt. And then I smacked myself around or, or Dre kicked me up under the table. I'm not sure. <laughs> But I got to bring myself back and be like, okay, it's not about me. I need to find out more about this. And so I ask questions. But I think that parents get stuck, maybe like with the guilt, like I didn't, somebody else has brought up this to me and I've been living with them every day. I didn't notice these things. Right. But I wanted to know, right, that you went to school forever, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> to get for these types of things. Exactly. And, and you make... And that's the thing. You make a great point that, you know, there's so many other things you have to take into consideration, you know, not just that you guys live together, but it's one, the environment's completely different. And that's mm-hmm. one thing that we always try to explain to the parents is, you know, the structure, the educational structure that we try to instill in the classroom is going to be different from home. Mm-hmm. It just is. And mm-hmm. so it, it shouldn't be surprising, you know, if, you don't see anything going on at home, but then at school, we're like, well, you know what? This is a little tough for him or her, or we're seeing these behaviors when we're trying to transition to this activity, there's a different structure. And so they're starting to get that routine. And that's just something that we communicate and we learn to work together with, right. Just to help the student also, because especially the little ones, they're still developing their language. And what we oftentimes see is, Language is going to be tough for them. Like, it's going to be hard for them to say, you know, like, I don't like that or I'm not good at this. So you're going to start seeing physical kind of behavior. That doesn't mean that they're a problem child. That just means, okay, what are they trying to tell us? And how can we help them in the way that they're trying to communicate with us? Whether they're in special education or not, all people, all students are going to have different behaviors. And so 
what can we do as educators to try to differentiate and find out what can we do to help right. behaviors that we need to you know, extinguish, try to get rid of and replace with positive behaviors. Right. And we go from there. And I think another thing for your parents that I always try to instill with my parents is whenever I'm working with a student, you know, and when we're at the meeting and we're going over the results, the last thing that we as a team would ever want our parents to think is like, you know, what did I not do? Or Mm -hmm. this is my fault or somehow I had something to do with this because it's, uh, it's no one's fault. Right. Honestly, when I'm talking to my parents, when I'm going over different learning disabilities, like it wasn't anything you said, did you gave them, you didn't give them. That's just the way their brain's wired. Right. And just because I have a learning disability, another thing that I really try to let my parents know is I'm not saying that your student can't learn. I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying that your student is going to learn in his or own different special way Mm -hmm. to another student that auditory processing. They don't need to hear the information a second or a third time. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's great. Then you just tell them once and they're off. Right. We just need to repeat the information Make sure, you know, get their eye contact so we know that they're listening. And then we go from there. It's right. not the world. They're just going right. to their own way, but they're still learning. And right. I, with any eligibility, the student is still going to learn. Mm-hmm. It's just our job to find what's the best way to teach them and right. the best way for them to learn. Right. You know what? I love it. Love it. Love it. I hope you love it out there. That's it. My job. Need writing books. Um, yeah, and I think that it just is um, out there in the in the inter- in the internet world. Mm-hmm. Just like such a when you bring up IEP, it just feels like or special education so so much contention right. uh, that is just like gonna be beef. And I mm-hmm. am a firm believer in even in our classroom because that's where our relationship began. Right. That there was. Um, we were just a team. Like I could not have done uh, any, I could not even be done the day if I did not have instructional, instructional aids. Oh, absolutely. So, there was just no way that I could have taught at all if right. you guys weren't there. And right. so we had to have communication and we luckily built a friendship um, and all the things. So it has to approach the IEP the same way. I feel like mm-hmm. or like you do with friends, although we are talking about our your kiddo and it's a very legal document, but you have to right. think of, you know, like your friend, like if I wasn't feeling well, then I'd be like, hey, could you, hey, I got to go to see Taylor's um, assembly. This is what's going to happen. You Can you guys hold this down? This is what, you right. know what I'm saying? You have yeah. to be like, not be afraid to communicate with how you would like at work. If you had to have a meeting at work or with your friends, being able to ask them questions or just be honest and right. really keep the focus on on the kid and know that they're not just the psychologist, the speech, these are people. And the more that they know about your kid, even if it's a struggle or you as a family, be like, I really don't understand this or we can't get to the meeting. That was a big deal. And one of the school districts yeah. I work with, I had no, you know, you didn't have a clue. Oh, okay. You're thinking like, oh, they don't care. They really, right. there might be some other things. And there's other things if you communicate that, that you can have other ways to have meetings, right? There's exactly. other ways to put the reports where you can under, um, in, in, in your language, in different mm-hmm. languages. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's different ways, but if you don't reach out as a parent, I feel like that's your number one responsibility um, is to is to reach out and to be honest with it because that's how it's gonna best help. Right. right. Yeah. And I mean, you being a teacher, you taught me this, and it's a good point. Like if if the parents, you know, if no one's really gonna ask questions during some of these meetings then the rest of us professionals, right, that did the assessments that we know what we're talking about, just like you in the classroom with your students, if no one's asking a question, then we're going to assume there are no questions. We're going to assume, okay, you understand Mm -hmm. what's going on. You're on the same page. And so then I got to tell you, that's oftentimes the educators is when we'll get surprised when we hear like, oh no, that meeting that we just had that everyone signed, everyone was in agreement. Well, now the parents are asking for an outside assessment because they want a second opinion. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you know, that's something that we could have talked about as a team to be like, well, what, what did you not get? Like, what did we not do a good job in explaining? Right. And so it's just like, like you said, it's just that communication because at the end of the day, what everyone needs to realize is like, no one's against anyone. Like mm-hmm. it, it's literally called the team for a reason. And at the end of the day, we're just there to try to help out and see what we can do to make the students successful. Right. We communicate and really talk about it. And yeah. We, we're going to have a lot of bumps to cross right. bumps to get over and bridges to cross until we all get on that same page. And if we can just communicate, it'll be a lot easier. Right. And then we were talking to too about when we're talking about communication, I guess, I guess that's the theme, right? <laughs> um, like preschool themes. The theme is yep. communication is to, um, like you, you brought up a good point. You're like, oh, you thought the meeting was fine. As an educator, you're like I presented my report. There was no questions because you right. wouldn't know what the questions would be. Um, and then you find out like, what? They want an IEE? <laughs> right. <laughs> they want an outside report? What, what happened? Right. Um, or festering like for the whole year. So you walked out of that. Mm-hmm. Idea. Then you didn't talk to anybody else in the team for the whole year, except for you talk to your, your friends right. or you've got some information from the internet and they are like, Oh no, you know, you got this bad. And then you didn't talk to anyone on the team. You come to the next one and you're way past needed. Yeah. You're just bad. You, you see, when you see the Renzo, you're just rolling your eyes. You saw exactly. him at Starbucks and you're like, Oh, that was not talking to this guy. At my kids, this, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm done with him. Yeah. Yeah. He just gave me all this information. Um, so what we were saying is that you don't have to wait to the next year. You don't have to let it no. fester and bubble for a, no. for a whole year. Never wait. Never. Wait. And you also don't have to call a meeting for every single time you want to talk to a team member, the case carrier, you can. And that's another thing that the parents need to know. Parents, you're part of the team. Right. You can call an IEP meeting yes. whenever you want. You don't have to wait for the annual meetings. You don't have to wait for the three-year review meeting. You don't have to wait for the school to call the meeting. You, yeah. as a team member, being a parent, can call an IEP meeting whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Whenever you want. Right. So that's that's definitely a good point to get out there. Don't wait. If you see something going on, don't wait for the school to say something. Right. Because maybe the school doesn't see it. And that's why they haven't brought it up. So if you see it, if there's a change in medication, if there's a new diagnosis, if there's a change in the family dynamic, whatever the case is, 
And if you think it's something that the team needs to know, right. let us know. Right. Just let us know. Call a meeting. If you think everybody on the team, if it's something that's really important, call a meeting and then we can talk about it. And we're probably going to make, depending what it is, yeah, we'll easily make changes to the IEP, whether it's changes to services, right. maybe the, the student's no longer able to complete certain goals. So we're going to have to rewrite goals. They're going to need more services. They don't need as many services. Whatever the case is, we can make it happen, but you don't need to wait for us to call a meeting. You right. as a parent can call a meeting because you're also a team member. Yes. And it doesn't, you can actually just communicate with yeah. the teacher directly. Um, That's right. You don't even have to call a meeting. You can just talk to the case carrier or whoever you think on the team needs to know this information. You can just communicate with that person instead of waiting for everybody to get on the same page to put it in their calendar or like a 10 minute meeting. Like, no, you can just talk to one person directly and then they'll let the rest of the team know. Because that's the other thing. The case carrier does email everybody else on the team after every IEP meeting, annual, triannual meeting that person lets everyone know what's going on. And so right. if you, if the parent in that case, Carrie, have a quick meeting, best believe I'm going to be getting an email about mm-hmm. that meeting. Even if it has nothing to do with me as a right. school psychologist, I'm going to know what they talked about. And that's something for me to, to make a note of whenever assessment comes along or the next time I do counseling with the student, right. whatever the case is. But the communication is very, very key for just the successful IEP in general. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hope, I don't know if you can hear my children in the background. Sorry about that. Um, oh, I heard, yeah, I hear them. They're virtual school lean, but they're over now and their cousins are over. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. They'll get it afterwards for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't play that. No, no, not at all. Not at all. There's nothing I can do. They're all taller than me now. I, yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I wouldn't be any help either. They're they're taller than me too. So I just be there like, all right, never mind. That doesn't work anymore. No, well, not. is there anything that you would say to a parent? Like, what's I know this on the spot, but I like to say three things. But if you one, two, or three things that you would that you could say to a parent that's just nervous. Like they're not used, maybe not used to communicating. It feels like from the things I've heard when I say, well, you know, you could just email the teacher or for me, I, I email the psychologist. It doesn't just mm-hmm. have to be the teacher. It could be the person who had that report that could just have more information and more insight that's right. out, outside the meeting. Um, how can parents best communicate? Like what would be some best practices to have I think for me personally speaking as a school site it's best email Mm -hmm. to to contact me because one I have it in writing Mm -hmm. so I can you know take my time when I can have that time in between assessing students I can read your concerns or your questions and I can write back to you um so for school sites I would say Email works best when it comes to communication and just don't be afraid to contact them and yeah. take questions. Cause the other thing for a lot of parents to keep in mind is most school psychs have more than one school that they're at. Right. So depending on the size of the school, depending right. on the you size. You're not just my kids. Right. You're, you're at least at between two and three different schools where you're doing the assessments for all of those schools. 
So me right, right now in my district, I have two elementary schools, and mm-hmm. which both of those schools might caseload, meaning the number of students who have active IEPs and at any given time in the year, if they're due for any kind of assessments or they need my help with anything, I'm looking at probably maybe like two to 300 students on my caseload. And so we're busy, like we're moving around, we're at different sites. Right. So, you know, if, if you call us, leave a message, Mm -hmm. get back to you. We're not avoiding you. It's like, we have a lot of stuff going on. We have different sites. And so we do have a lot of responsibilities as well, but definitely do not ever feel afraid to contact or reach out. Don't think that you're being a burden or you're bugging or, you know, your question doesn't make sense. Ask the question because our job as a school psychologist is to make sure that we're explaining what we found when we worked with your son or daughter. Right. Our, um, my testing, I'm explaining to you on that day where I assessed your student, I'm explaining to you how your student learns mm-hmm. based off of those results that I got. And so I would want you to ask me questions because this yeah. is how your student is showing me that they can learn and they're showing me what areas are difficult for them when it comes to learning, which is obviously the areas that we would focus on right. through an IEP. Right. It's going to be some kind of academic impact. And we want to make sure that we do what we can to prevent it as well as help them grow in that area. Right. I like that you said that. And, and I'm glad that you did um, because it's about, I think knowing everyone's roles, like, Psychologists, yeah. like I, my eyes were even like that's that's a lot. Mm-hmm. But think of the kids that I had on caseload just in my classroom. So, right. so when you're like, Larissa didn't email me back. I I emailed him at four o'clock, and here it is four thirty, and he's not talking. So I'm mad. Instead of if you know, it's all about perspective and and knowing what that. Uh, okay, he has three hundred students. My student's right. not the only student. So let right. me give this whatever, you know, the professional right. amount of time to research. Then I think knowing those types of things, right? Because parents don't know that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And know that. And knowing your school psychologist schedule, right? So like Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, I'm at one of my elementary schools. And then mm-hmm. Tuesday, Thursday, I'm at the other one. And so it's almost like, you know, I'm, I'm turning it on and turning it off right. depending on the school. That doesn't mean that, you know, I'm at my school on a Wednesday and my Tuesday, Thursday elementary emails me or calls me like, Hey, you know, we have a question. That doesn't mean I'm going to ignore them completely. Of course, I'm still going to answer, but Mm -hmm. my focus is going to be on the school that I am currently at that day. And so, yeah, that's definitely something else to keep in mind. You know, so they're not mad. Like I sent him an email and he didn't get back with me. He doesn't care. Now I'm mad. That's, puts into perspective, be like, okay, you know, I'm sending this, but I know that he has 300. Of course it is a priority. That's your job. We're not saying that the, the, the email should be ignored parents. We're not saying that we're just saying right. it puts it into perspective that a school psych might have a caseload of three, a 300. They don't just do one IEP and then go and then, you know, check emails all day. They're working with students right. and there's other things that go into being a school psychologist. And I right. think that's a part of when I'm thinking about, oh, sorry, I don't know what I hit. When I'm thinking about communicating with people, I, you know, I think about those types of things. It's kind of like um, 
going to a fancy restaurant and ordering something that's going to take more. Like if I want the lava cake, I can get the cheese right now. But if I want the lava cake, it's going to take time. I'm not going to be mad at the cook in the back when I yeah, order the lava cake. Like I order the lava cake and they got their cheesecake. The lava cake is going to take, it takes more time. You just know more about it. So then you're like, mm-hmm. you know, enjoy some water. exactly and i mean and parents don't don't think that you know depending on again it always depends on the school and the school district right right? Mm -hmm. and it also depends on the level because you will have some school districts where they will have one school psychologist at each school site it's Mm -hmm. very rare but you will have that Mm -hmm. now once you get into the high school high schools because of their size and how big they are they usually will have one school psychologist on campus. And so then they are strictly there just for that school. They don't leave. They don't go anywhere. Monday through Friday, they're at that school. And so that is a good time, right, to continue to keep that communication open. Like Markeisha was saying, don't wait to talk to them until your student has to be assessed or until there's an IEP meeting. Like, we're people. And it's very, it's a very solitary job, meaning like we're, we're oftentimes we're alone. We call in students, we're testing them and we're not testing them. We're writing our 30, 40 page reports and we go to meetings to explain it. And then we do it all over again. So oftentimes we're going to have a lot to say, like, we're going to want to actually take a break and talk to people and have that interaction because again, we're passionate about it and we like what we do and we understand what we do. So me personally, I love taking the time to talk to my parents and explain mm-hmm. to them what these results mean and what can we do to help their student, both right. at home and at school. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that you said that. I know that yeah. you. I know that you. They're they're lucky to they're lucky to have you. Yeah. I, my son's seeing an awesome psychologist too because mm-hmm. I did not understand some of those things yeah. for sure. I mean, it's a it's a lot, and that's why you went to school for it. Right. to be able to explain to him. So I've hogged up so much of your time. I know you're your good. little puppy is probably- I enjoy this. You. I enjoy well, this. I'm ready, for a, I'm ready for a part two. Right. Right. Part two we'll do a part two. We're going to have you back. And um, we will talk about some of our fun times with some of our old yes. students. I was thinking about having a party. Maybe we could get some of the old students and we could all be in little Zoom boxes. <laughs> that would be fun. That, I, would, I would really like to see how enough they are. That would be oh, fun. That would be fun. Yes, it would. Well, I'm going to sign off. And um, unless you have anything else to say. That's it. Thank you so much for having me. This was a great experience. And yeah, I definitely look forward to the next one. And then all the parents, if they have any questions. <laughs> Yeah, they can contact me. I, I can give them my. You know, <laughs> then you'll have a good load of plus 300. <laughs> can you see it on? I'm going to put it in the chat. So let me know if you can see it. Um, I don't see anything in the chat yet. What's that? No, I haven't said that yet. <laughs> Does that show up? Yes, it does. <laughs> you can do that one, or this is the one that I'm. I frequently check, so that's my. <clears throat> excuse me, that's my personal one, my work one, my personal one. Okay. So I'm available at either one. Yeah, if anyone has any basic questions, 
concerns. They don't understand something that's in the report. I'd have no problem just doing my best to explain it. We usually all do the, we, we usually all do the same thing for the most part. All school psychs, we we have the same kind of assessments that are available to us, and so the language is pretty much the same regardless of what test you're using. We're we're going to look at it. We're going to understand it. So if there's any ever any questions, definitely email. Like I said before, email is the best way for me. That's super nice, though. Yeah. I, we want you guys to reach out to your kid psychologist, though, also. because Absolutely. That's number one. Reach out to you. You have a high bar. Set the bar so high now. But Thank now they're like, you know what? I can maybe they feel more comfortable to reach out to their psychologist and say, hey, what is this? What does this yeah. really mean? And what does this look like for my kid? Um, right. And that's what they should be doing. Definitely do that. Do not be afraid to talk to your school psychologist because right. that's their job. We're supposed yeah. to answer these questions and we're supposed right. to make it understandable. Okay. Well, yay for all the kids on your caseload. And now all of the listeners that are going to have access to you. Right. Side <laughs> <laughs> gig. So, Hello. all right. So I didn't, since we couldn't see the, we're going to do this in person so we can do glitter I had a glitter yeah. to do that. I wanted to, you know, pew. sprinkle it everywhere. And then I'm going to sit there trying to like <laughs> peel it off. I'm going to wash my hands. I'm going to shower. Yeah. And I'm still You're going to come back the next day. It's going to be glitter in your brows. Oh, it's going to be unbelievable. I can't <laughs> wait. Hoping that you have girls that love glitter. That's going to be interesting. Um, that that will be the <laughs> definition of full circle. My life will be full circle. When I have kids and if they're girls and they love glitter, that's right. full that's circle. I will go back to our times in the classroom together. Right. This is exactly so what like a, like a craft apron so that you oh, can yeah. a few, a few just, if, if that happens, I'm going to Lakeshore and I'm just buying all the craft aprons and equipment that I can find and I'll be set. I don't know, but I don't I could just see girls and glitter in, in your future. I just, oh boy. yeah, probably I, I, would, <laughs> I would have all girls, right? Because you know how I feel about glitter. Everything was right. glitter. Yeah, and yeah. I have, I have three boys and then my daughter plays sports. She doesn't like any glitter. She don't like pink. She, none of that is none of her. So it's always, so, you know, you put it out there that you don't like it. So it's going to come back to you. And now it's going to come back to me. I love <laughs> glitter. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. You better start. It's too right, late now. Start saying that now. Too late now. It's too late. <laughs> All right. Look. All right, Zoe. Thank you Alrighty. so much. I'll Thank call you, so you much. Too. Absolutely. <laughs> Keep right. posted. Thanks. Uh huh. Bye. Bye. Thank you again for taking your time to listen. Go ahead and hit subscribe and leave a five star review. I appreciate it. See you next time. Uh-huh.